0: We're in the Rye
1: Pub. Uh, the Rye Pub. Yeah.
0: And where is the, the Rye? Rye?
1: Where is the Rye? It, it, it's, it's in peckham it's
0: Just opposite uh, Peckham Rye Park. It's it lovely. Is. It's a lovely, lovely place. Lovely leafy place. It's a lovely leafy place, and we highly recommend it. And uh, we mention it in the hope that we will eventually be given a discount on booze uh, or food stuff. Wouldn't that be uh, special? Discount on booze. <laughs> right. Uh, right, Richard ask you the two questions. Start with, the, start with number one. Go, okay, put, me on. put and, me on the spot. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll be a bit questioning. I'll be a bit. Uh... Oh, I won't be a bit questioning. <laughs> shit. God, God. God, Right, okay. Yeah. That, that could be Ed's yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I can You know what? What's going to happen? I edit out like 90% of this shit. I only pull out like, like the old little quote. So, uh, the first question is. Somebody who might be listening to this that doesn't know you—you've never met. Uh, how would you describe yourself?
1: Aside from uh, devastatingly handsome, charming, and witty, but bomb, and also disturbing and creepy, maybe. Uh, how would I describe myself? Do you really? What you really mean there is perhaps. What am I into?
0: Not necessarily. Um, it, it could yeah. be. That's
1: certainly an aspect of it, isn't it? Oh, Go on, what, what are you into? Uh, I'm into... I'm into several things. Some of them probably not for this recording. <laughs> but uh, one of them is uh, I enjoy... Uh, I enjoy creating fiction. Uh, when I say that, I mean mostly it's it's just cerebral. It's just when I'm walking along and I just think about an idea for film or an idea for TV show an idea for game or whatever like that I like I live in fictional worlds that's where I I'm far happier inhabiting fictions of my own creation than the real world um, yeah I suppose that's how I would define myself really right. I, yeah great okay so uh, in, there's probably you know, maybe not there's not, I was about to say there's probably more to in me than that. And I, perhaps I'm <laughs> real, Perhaps there's less. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: then, if, if, if say, so, imagine it was the, um, imagine it was an introduction to like, say it was this was Radio Four. Yeah. It's not Radio Four. Doing, uh, like, I'm know, a games designer.
1: Uh, I've I've designed games. Two of them commercially. Many of them not commercially. But uh, I have, and that's one of the things I like, it's one of the things I like about fiction, uh, particularly about game designers, because one of the things that uh, our present society and technology level presents is the ability to, uh, is the, is interactivity. So, previously when people (laughs) created fiction, they were very much, that wasn't me screaming, It's one of my fans. It's, uh, previously when people created fiction, uh, they were obviously, uh, fiction I suppose ultimately historically derived from oral storytelling uh, from primitive societies and this obviously evolved through Greek drama uh, and Greeks can be considered the uh, forefathers of modern civilization in many respects. And, Just built up and and, you know obviously when film came about it was considered to be quite a novel not even an art form this novel thing where people combine different art forms together Um, you know like forming arts and sound and whatever Um, and then gaming is like film but with the added uh, element of interactivity so and that's one of the things I really like, and I suppose it comes from the fact that I am, uh, you know, as I've said to you before, Phil. I've, I've, I wave my deep card proudly in the fact that I'm a uh, paper, paper role player at, at heart, and I love that, you know, and I love that mechanism, and I love that one of the one of the most enjoyable, some of the most enjoyable times I've ever had is when I've created a world and had a, pit, a, a group of people around the table that have so bought into that world they are no longer themselves and they are just responding as the characters they are playing in a fiction I've created in a situation I've you know presented to them yeah. and they are just in a reaction to that basis There's some more of my fans I think
0: yeah I think some of those
1: people play for some of my games I'm, I'm really
0: hoping the bouncer's you're holding them back cause if I can help, they're going to tear you limb they, from fucking living they,
1: uh, they knew I was
0: here they? is it a, was that a human
1: I think that might be actually I'm playing a lot of Dying Light at the moment and that could have been one of the undead that I've been <laughs> slaying a lot of anyway
0: okay, so, so you've described yourself as a, uh, a, a gamer and a, a creator of games and um, uh, I also
1: describe myself I'm as being quite inventive because, you know, I know, I know how, that, how wanky that sounds but I do come up with some ideas that are nothing to do with gaming nothing to do with fiction like, for example, uh, I created this product uh or I created, I conceived of a product um, which is essentially a, a mobile, uh, a, a car immobiliser Using mobile phone technology, which is—I uh, don't, I don't think I've explained no, no, this to no. you. Are you, allow, to, are you allowed to? Probably. Know, or, do, you, do you know? I probably shouldn't say too much is more this TM about or it. Or this is, this is this an idea somebody could steal. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is definitely. Uh, yeah, this is probably. We should sign an NDA. Yeah. Not, bit, yeah. Not, not. So anyway, this is something I'm going to pursue in a different area. Yeah. But it's nothing to do with fiction. It's just uh, technology uh, yeah. used yeah. in a different area because I suppose the other another word I'd use to describe myself really sounding wanky is a futurist because I I like one of the things I like doing is conceiving of the next echelons of technology and also how they would adjust society so that's you know that's that's one of the things and I I suppose I I suppose some of what I think about is and I, I guess what you think about to a certain extent defines you as a person and one of the things, I, some of the things I think about
0: are uh, how to change society. Right, well that, that sounds like a, a pretty good segue into question number two. So question number two is, um, what excites you about the next seven years? Or what, what, uh, what make, when you think about the next seven years, what sort of things make you feel most excited
1: Okay, two th- well, firstly, I am restricted with the seven-year thing. Yeah, because I know, I know. I, I, I tend to go way beyond that. But I suppose broadly, uh, there are two areas that I'd focus on there. One is technology. I'm a big fan of just, uh, technology, technology in general. Te- technology is, uh, is what's defined as, uh, as a species, Quite, quite honestly, because even the other allegedly intelligent species on the planet, like dolphins. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about No, this is fine.
0: My... What? what? were you going to? <laughs> no, no, I was going to say something offensive. Say. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. We'll to that later, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, I've the
1: power of editors, so I can just edit that out. Sorry.
0: Um, so, uh, technology, yes. Uh, as... So, so there's, there's two inter- things: inter- inter- t- inter- t-
1: technology and political activism are two things I'm interested in. Uh, the political activism takes a very anti-establishment stance for me, as you well know, because yeah. I know you well. Uh, so, from the technology side of things, uh, for instance, uh, a friend of mine uh, works for a, a company that was recently acquired by Google You uh, that's into machine learning.
0: Are you allowed to say the name? I...
1: Possibly yes. Maybe,
0: maybe we shouldn't say the name. I'll say the name. You can edit the really outfit. Fucking, fucking article about them. Why
1: Is there really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the last article I read about them, the 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 company's Deep Mind, uh, and I'm a, a very very good friend of the, uh, and maybe it's one of his fans over here. A very good friend of the CTO for Deep Mind. Uh, I also know the founder of the company, Demis Hassabis, who's probably well. He's the guy well in known. the article.
0: Doing all the kind of very movie photo shoot stuff. He's like that, Demis. He's, he's, he's very, very, very um, a bit on the side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. George, okay. uh, the other
1: thing is uh, what I thought was so uh, DeepMind Deep Mind was established three or four years ago, uh, four years ago, um, doing machine learning stuff. Uh, my friend was brought on board as their CTO and I've obviously not had any out of under NDA discussions with him, yeah. of course, but The sort of discussions uh, I have had with him are very interesting, and it's very interesting considering Google's approach because they have i could my my information could be slightly out of date here—but to my knowledge, they've acquired nine machine uh, learning companies and three robotics companies in the last three years. So there's a massive trend for Google to. Develop in this area, which is which is very interesting. I think Google's been fundamentally interesting. So why so why why is that
0: exciting? We're thinking about the next seven years.
1: Why why do you find that exciting? Uh, uh, well, okay, seven years again, difficult to know, to know, Seven know, years, but if you're talking about seven years for that technology, I suppose you're talking about uh, personal um, and society automation. So not the sort of automation where big factories are taken over by robots and people lose their jobs but the sort of uh, uh, automation like Nest which I believe is also acquired by Google. So the kind of home automation stuff and like the Tesla company that developed that power wall which enables you to a certain extent get off the grid, uh, the electricity grid which again I I guess uh, also shows my interest in political activism to a certain extent. yeah so what excites me about machine learning and robotics uh, essentially can be Philip K. Dick and uh, Asimov novels, so what you're talking about there, there's a dichotomy which is why I've used those two authors in here uh, purposefully okay. because you're talking about in one, in one range a kind of utopic view and a dystopia in the other view the big threat with automisation and machine learning is of course artificial intelligence and you start getting Blade Runner, Terminator kind of scenarios Uh, unfortunately Terminator is very much a fiction because if it was to go down that route you'd really be talking about I mean, uh, sorry you're talking about the singularity to a certain extent right, so the singularity for people who don't know the singularity I don't know if other people or guests on this so have talked, talked about singularity talked about so, yeah. singularity so yeah. singularity yep. yeah yeah so
0: no, he's employed by Google
1: right? that's right well there, there's there's so you've got a guy who basically I believe he pretty much came up with the term the singularity well
0: yeah him and Bernard Inge
1: so Ray Kurzweil Uh, chaps pretty much uh, 50% at least attributed to the creation of the term the singularity and for people who don't know the term the singularity it's that point in time in which um, technology reaches a point or particularly machine learning reaches a point where uh, or one definition of it at least is that it can start computers and artificial intelligences can start reproducing themselves um, at a higher level than they, were, they themselves are at, and of course, at that point, we as human species lose control of the ability to predict what's going to happen after that. Yeah, no, no, no. they
0: can improve upon their own program. Yeah, um, and uh, I think the, 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 key, the key key tenet of um, Kurzweil's interpretation, at least anyway, is exponential development. It, with any kind of exponential curve can't predict beyond the horizon.
1: And that's the point I was about to say, it's the predictability. Yeah. I mean previously we've had the ability to just say in the next seven years this is likely to be the case. This is likely to be the case we'll have this kind of level of technology and what have you. As soon as you get the singularity we cannot predict beyond that. Yeah. Which, which, which obviously opens up a, a grey area and if and, 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 with, by definition <laughs> uh, and so with unpredictability you have this situation where you've got 50% you, you can only go with a, with a uh, binary response to that which, which is basically it's either going to be good or bad if it's good you can start embracing it for use for want of a better um, uh, concept Ian Banks culture is a good idea of how machines can support organic life and humans or humanoids yeah. so this is where machines in Ian and culture novels um, the machines the minds as they're called which are completely artificially intelligent machines far smarter than anything the, the organics actually you know the evolved beings uh, possess organically evolved beings possess um and they, they run everything, they control everything, but they still allow the organic species and the, the humanoid species to actually do what they do best. And this is one of the things, and Kurt Vonnegut came out with a great phrase about this, which is, um, we were put on this earth to fart around and don't let anyone else tell you any different. So basically it's, it's kind of things like, one of the things I really hope for machine learning is that it would give us an opportunity just to enjoy, enjoy ourselves and enjoy the technology and enjoy all the wonderment that you know entails because we've got some great opportunities there you know
0: um, and what uh just to sort of bring it back to the seven year time frame now i know so kurzweil he says uh, strong ai so, not, so g- general ai yeah so not an not, uh, uh, ai that can do a Task better than a human okay. being. Okay. But almost so, sure. software, right? Thanks so for bringing like, me back to the original question. So, so it's either called strong AI or general AI or just yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. what the sense But with a seven year time frame. So Kurzweil, so, just let so me get this out and then we'll write that to you. I'm going to add me out. Uh, so Kurzweil says so uh, strong AI, his prediction is 2029. So that's in. year we now? 15, 2015. 2015. So fourteen years. Fourteen time. years. So
1: the, the time frame we're talking about. Is half that. It's half. That. Well, it's interesting you talk about strong AI because, and also going back to the uh, the original stuff, or the stuff I was talking about, DeepMind and uh, Google's acquisition of that. They were on the front cover of Nature uh, about six months ago now, because one of the things they did, they they. One of the things they've established is a deep-queue network, which is a, a deep-queue network, which is essentially an artificial... It's a machine learning concept, which essentially says, if I'm in this state, what is the best method I can achieve to use... Uh, to achieve this goal?
0: Is it, so is it a, a context-specific state? No, no, a, a deep Q network
1: is an established... Uh, term within uh, within strong AI. Oh, right. So, a deep Q network basically says where previously uh, Deep Blue, uh, the chess computer, would go, was programmed to, to play chess. Oh, is that why these were deep? Uh, I don't know if it's a it's, uh, it uh, Q or I, I don't know to be honest
0: with you. It's fine, it's fine. What I'll do is I'll insert at this point probably the sound of a one of those Duracell bunnies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, uh, so a deep Q network is different from previous uh, capabilities in in AI in the fact that it, rather than it being programmed, it basically is observes a set of parameters, and when it observes a set of parameters, it's then given a target goal, and it says if I'm in this state. How accurate am I at performing this goal? If I'm in this state, how accurate am I performing that goal? And so it then chooses the state. Okay, so it has a, a degree
0: of self-awareness. Well, uh, so it, it, yeah. it's, it's a bit like strategy. Right. I, I am in so strategy is I need to get from any any kind of direction to behavior. I'm in state A and I need to get to state B. Yeah. What do I know about state A? Precisely. I and mean, it so does not oh, all by observing exactly.
1: this, this, this is this is the reason why DeepMind were on the cover of. Uh, Nature six months ago. i of the
0: they got, got there the, wrong, the whole Wired magazine just not all about uh, AI
1: and DeepMind are a big picture. Yeah, well, it's, it's like Demis was uh, considered to be like the third most important person in London or something after this thing. Yeah. I mean, what, So it's some, significant exactly. stuff.
0: Until this podcast.
1: <laughs> because, uh, so basically what they achieved, which is I think is absolutely fascinating, and is not just fascinating it's incredibly important is the fact that what they achieved is they created an artificial environment for this Deep Q network to observe human players of uh, classic video games so they played uh, I think it was something it was, it was something like 40, 46 47 Sega games like Pong and blah 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 whatever and um, and this Deep Q Network observed a human playing the game and saw the mechanisms of the game, saw the Q, how the human interacted with the game and what score the human got, stuff like that. And then after the observance of each game was asked, play the game and try and get as high score as possible. Yeah. So observing the game with no rules, unlike utterly unlike Deep Blue it wasn't programmed with any rules it just observed someone yeah. else playing the game
0: but I think it <laughs> might it might even have been slightly more impressive than that I don't think the AI or the, the algorithm or the system whatever you want to call it was uh, had an opportunity to observe human players it was just no. given the game no, no,
1: no, no it, it definitely it observed human players it did oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, definitely okay, okay. because originally the 3D environment that it was presented with had a uh, and a virtual screen in it, and someone was playing the game as it was watching it. So there was an AI watching. AI is old is old terminology now. So this is like it? yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A machine, it's a deep Q network was observing a screen of a human playing a game, and then it was asked to get a high score in that game, and it was plugged in so it could move. You know, for poll uh, for breakout, move the paddle left and right and stuff like that. Okay, let me
0: let me. Um, pressure you that's all great yeah. and it is kind of intellectually like whoa isn't it incredible what's possible or what is potentially possible yeah. why over the course of the next seven years do you find that exciting why is that exciting?
1: that's an interesting question because I believe we're at a precipice when it comes to human civilization. And we've reached a technological level where the technology of the world can answer all the fundamental problems of human civilization. It can clothe, feed, house, provide education, medical care for everyone. The reason why it doesn't, which is why I probably come to my political activism, which is why I have this I wield this dual sword of technology and political activism, is the fact that why technology? Why society and civilization doesn't use technology to actually empower people in that way? I find fundamentally frustrating and deeply concerning. Um, and really, you're talking about, um, you know, the problems surrounding the concept of the free market economy. What's interesting about free market economy? Not wishing to, I'll get back to your question in a second. But the free market economy, what's interesting about that is the word economy. If you think about the definition of economy and actually think about what capitalism achieves, you could get things more diametrically opposed. Because what, uh, the, free market, what the word economy suggests is something being efficient, right? An ec- economical use of resources. and economical use of well, resources kind of covers everything. Uh, what capitalism actually suggests is because it's edict, is really about profit, you're talking about building stuff which has got a lifespan because you want to sell people more stuff so you get more profit out of them. So you've got this a- a- absolute, you know, economy is completely the wrong word De- to a use. A
0: obsolescence. Ab- absolute. Design
1: obsolescence. Absolutely. Design is precisely the the, the right phrase. Obs- and, and that is it because obviously all they want to do is make the next buck, which is why you've got For example, in uh, PCs, we've already, as a species, created chips far more powerful than we're getting currently sold. But they've got to sell those because that's where they're going to get their profit from. And that's actually slowing down. It's actually capitalism and the free market economy acts as an impedance to human civilization. Yeah. Which is I mean this is undisputable. I know some of the stuff I've I'm, I'm saying here borders on uh, borders on conspiracy theory, but it's not. Conspiracy theory is like who killed Kennedy? You know, stuff that's like no, this stuff is absolutely fact. When, whenever I talk about my anti-capitalist stuff, the typical trend I get is, oh you're a communist. And it's like that's nonsense because actually communism and capitalism are really closely aligned oh, yeah. because they follow the same basic principles of labour, profit, debt but they're actually just a slightly different arrangement of the same principles yeah, exactly. what we need it. to do is move away from all of that. we need to remove away from all of that and get to a concept where we are a species, well, a planet, because we have to look beyond our species. I think as well, that's important. Let's get environmental green stuff in there. Nod in the wink. But um, what's important as us as a civilization is the fact that I think capitalism—it was a necessary step along the road of human evolution. But it's really, really high time we looked at changing that scenario. And to go back to your question of what I'm looking forward to in the next seven years is I don't think we'll actually see the shift I want to see in the seven years in terms of a complete deconstruction of the free market economy, but hopefully we will start seeing the inroads and the presentation and people taking seriously an alternative construct. Because whenever people talk about the decline of the monetary system, they think about oh uh, the banks going bust in, uh, two or three years ago, whatever it was. Right? That's, that's not what I'm talking about. The banks going bust has just been there's actually a manufactured situation by the people that control the monetary system. You know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a complete deficit of the monetary system and a replacement of something that's actually far more important in terms of. Maintaining the civilization on the planet, our species on the planet, the the quality of life on the planet—not just for us, but for all living organisms on this planet—and we can do it. We have the technology to do it, which is why, like I said before, I wield this double-edged sword between political activism and technology. The two come hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. The thing that's raised us as a species, beyond everything else, is our ability to manipulate our environment. But we need to stop in manipulating it for the purposes of profit and personal gain and start seeing ourselves uh, as a our whole entity.
0: If you go going to sum up what you're excited about over the course of the next seven years, how would you sum it up? Oh, that's
1: very difficult. I suppose I would say something like... Uh, Technology has the propensity to change civilization for the good. That was the
0: magical machine.